Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the show. On this episode of the podcast, we will be discussing everything Red Breast. We'll go through the history of the distillery, current news, and our personal favorite aspect of the show, the tastings. Uh, with me, as always, is my intrepid and brilliant co-host, Andy Kleshik. Andy, how you doing today? I'm doing great. I mean, other than this weather, like freak weather we got here overnight in Cincinnati, where it dropped down to like 19 degrees and snowed yeah uh you can never uh never know what to expect in uh with, with the cincinnati weather almost i feel like almost every year now we get like three snows a year and it's almost like one's in january one's in february one's in march yeah and you can just expect it you don't know when it's gonna happen or and, how about it's gonna be and you're gonna get some days that are like 70 and, and sunny in, in between those snows but then it's yeah. gonna snow again so i'm thinking this is probably the last one for the year but you never yeah. know uh but we're getting excited because obviously it's march so we've got a lot going on just celebrated uh, Mardi Gras. Uh, just celebrated Mardi Gras. A couple weeks ago. We're doing a, of course, since it's March, we're doing our St. Patrick's Day themed episode. Last year we did uh, Jameson, and I think we tried the regular Jameson. We tried the double black or the black barrel or whatever. I think yeah. black barrel is what it's called. And then we had some uh, Smith, Smith, Smithics or whatever it's called. Smithics, yeah. Smithics, the, the beer. Um, so we really enjoyed that St. Patty's Day episode. So we're going to do another one today. We're doing Red Breast, uh, single pot stilled Irish whiskey, the 12 year. Um, we're really excited about that. But we're also excited because St. Patrick's. So this episode is going to come out on Monday of St. Patrick's Day week. St. Patrick's Day is a that, Thursday, so we're obviously that week, so we're obviously we're also, yeah we're obviously excited about St. Patrick's Day, but on St. Patrick's Day that Thursday we have a bunch of guys coming in. We're kicking to town. off another special celebration, right? <laughs> we have a bunch of guys coming into town for that special celebration that is my bachelor party. So uh, Alex Reinhardt, Dan Nemeth, Michael Murphy, all coming in and hanging out. Uh, they're crashing here, and then uh, which is going to be uh, quite, quite a lot of quite a lot of people with, with in one house, people, right? And then. Um, we're going to, uh, of course, celebrate St. Patrick's Day. We'll probably do some shenanigans here or just around the area since I don't know when everyone's going to be getting in because a yeah. lot of people work on Thursday and then they're driving down. Dan's driving down from Cleveland. Murphy's driving down from Columbus. And my one friend, Alex, is flying in from Sacramento, California. So, you know, a little bit of a, a trip a for, of a for all call. of them. So yeah. uh, we'll, we'll just be you know here waiting for them, getting the party started. But we're excited about celebrating St. Patrick's Day. And then, of course, the next day we're driving down uh, to Louisville to uh, celebrate the rest of the bachelor party there on on, on Friday and, and then Saturday, and then we'll head back on Sunday. So, what do you what are you most excited about for for the the big bachelor party celebration? Oh God, I, I'm just gonna be excited to get out of Cincinnati and like have just a Airbnb and just uh, just chill out there, relax, hang out with everybody, yeah. just kind of have a, a fun weekend. Yeah. For sure, and then of course March Madness. We're we're right now watching all the conference championships and semifinals, and March Madness is going to be selected uh, tomorrow. So we're really excited about that, and we're going to be right down there watching March Madness. Of course, I'm sure throughout the whole weekend since it'll oh, be yeah. you know in, in full swing at that point. So a lot of exciting stuff coming up. We're, we're really uh, looking forward to it. And as I mentioned earlier, we're looking forward to this St. Patrick's Day episode where we're going to talk about Redbreast. So, Andy, why don't you why don't we go ahead and dive on in and tell the folks everything they need to know about Redbreast Irish whiskey? Of course. So, this is a brand that, um, even though they are an Irish whiskey, uh, they were originally founded actually in 1857 in London, England, by um, the company W A Gil or W N A Gilby, which was a um, liquor bonded liquor store in london um 
and they originally, like John said, they're a uh, single pot still Irish whiskey that originally, at least, was um, distilled by Jameson's at their Bow Street Distillery for um, Gilbay's. And it was something that, you know, in those early years, they definitely had a lot of things going for them that helped them out. And the United Kingdom, Ireland, and uh, London, specifically there, um, you know, the first was being operated under Gilbay's um, management. You know, that was a basically a liquor store um, that, you know, also sold, um, they did both wine and spirits. Um, and that was something that they were allowed to sell under the, whatever Britain's, their off license system, at least at the time, which was where you could, your license to sell, but people had to take it off premises basically. Hmm. Um, and then of course, something else that a reduction in duties and tariffs from Britain, uh, imposed on French wines and wine barrels at the start of the 1860s that helped them out, um, kind of doing some of those, like maturing some of the whiskey in um, those wine barrels, like kind of doing a finishing in it. And this was partially because they, in Britain, at least at the time, uh, a lot of um, a lot of whiskey and wine and everything, or just spirits in general, um, they had a bonding process, which was a little bit different than what in America you, like the Bottle and Bond Act is, where in um, Britain, I guess that process is where you know the distillery can sit there and basically distill it, but then they're allowed to sell to you know the local pub or you know local liquor store or whoever who would then hold it, age it on their premises and everything like that, or well a little bit on their premises, and then sell it to their customers or their preferred customers. So, it was something that, you know, you were a bonded liquor salesman if that was what you were doing. Uh, you know, which did help get your name out there, but kind of risked, much like what happened prior to the Bottled and Bond Act here in the U.S., um, you kind of risked your reputation a little bit because while those uh, sellers could sit there and say, well oh, it's older than it really is, or put in colorings and everything like that that might make it look older or taste different. Um, so kind of do, you risk that, that that would happen. Right. Um, but also at the same time, being held in bond, you didn't have to pay um, like any of the duties, tariffs, anything like that on it while it was within their warehouses. Hmm. Um so that was really what helped them get off the ground in the 1860s. And by about 1873, they, of course, quickly became known for their whiskey um, due to selling like 300,000 gallons a year, I think, in bond. Um, and, the, and then they had amassed that in both their Dublin, at least in their just their Dublin, Ireland location. Um so and, are they still produ- is Red Breast still produced at the Jameson Distillery? Um, well, it's not the Jameson Bow Street Distillery, but they're produced at the same distillery, uh, the Middleton Distillery now, which is in Middleton, Ireland. Okay, uh, where that's like the biggest distillery in all of um, Ireland. They produce like 
I think Redbreast, James, at least some of Jameson. Um, I think like Green Spot, Yellow Spot, mm. Bank Red Spot, like that whole line yeah. of whiskeys. Um, along with I think a couple others, maybe Bushmills there too. Oh, wow. I know they do like a they're like one of the big producers in Ireland yeah. for whiskey. Gotcha. Um, cool. Yeah, and so it was, but that really only happened, I think, in the last 50 to 75 years that that happened. Um, and then there, of course, they had a little bit of a lull um, from about the 1880s until um, the late 1960s, um, just because I think it just wasn't as popular. Irish whiskey wasn't... Um, in the in that area of the world, um, and it just wasn't as popular to sell or drink as yeah. some other stuff. The bottle has it listed as uh, it says, with a uh, steadfast spirit, Redbreast has proudly carried on the tra- tradition of single pot still Irish whiskey since 1912. Which is interesting that they put the 1912 date on there, since we've obviously known that the the product has been around longer than that. Yeah, so really, really, Redbreast as we know it was started around 1912. Yeah. Um, and that's, I think, um, really when they were started operating, um, that's when Gilbay's Castle Whiskey brand, mm. basically the precursor to Redbreast as we know it, um, gotcha. or the modern day equivalent of precursor to Redbreast as we know it, um, was when they began selling that as the Redbreast J and J liqueur, mm. um, the J and J standing for John Jameson because it was still being at that time, you know, distilled and bonded through Jameson, right. um, and then of course, then it began ramping up um, during that time, you know, kind of into the sixties, seventies, and it, but then really it was about um, nineteen eighty five. Or 1991, when the brand really, as we now know it, as Redbreast, that's when it was sold off to Irish distillers, who operates Middleton Distillery, and that's when they, you know, the whole kind of short um, bottles and everything like that. That's when um, they started selling it. Now, nice. It looks like uh, the U.S. bottles are imported by um, Pernod Ricard. Pernod Ricard. Pernod Ricard. Yeah. Uh, they're in uh, New York, New York. Yeah, which that's just a, partially a result of just our weird U.S. alcohol selling laws, right? Three tier system, all that fun stuff. Yeah. Um, and so it was, you know, like I said, they really revamped it um, in 1991, and then it was 2005 when Redbreast, as we now know it, um started being sold with a Redbreast 15-year-old, and then they eventually um, came out with a few other ones as well. Uh, a 12-year-old, which we're trying today, yep. as well as a 12-year cask strength. Um, and then uh, Redbreast 21 and 27-year-olds, and Redbreast Listo, and then other select and special releases and distillings that they have. I was actually at the... So I picked this bottle up at the Madeira liquor store this past week. Yeah. And when I was there, they had gotten their shipment in the day before, and they actually up front had a bottle of the tw- the Redbreast 27 year. Really? 
six hundred bucks. Yeah, not cheap. Came in a, like a fancy box and everything, but I don't know, I'm sure it's amazing. But holy shit, six hundred bucks! <laughs> Didn't want to pay that much. Dennis even said, "Hey, do you want to get by that Red Dress <laughs> Twenty Seven year I got up front?" I'm like, "I would love to have it, but I'm not paying six hundred dollars. <laughs> not right now. Dude, right, not right now. <laughs> yeah, that's like a five year wedding anniversary or something yeah, like that. <laughs> something like that. Yeah. So, um, you know, and they've, you know, now for the last 17 years been continuing to sell it, as we know, with their uh, tan labels, the red writing. Um, and the red breast name, I think, actually is a type of bird, I want to say, mm. that is common, at least to the Ireland and the British Isles. Yeah, there's certainly a bird on the, yeah. on the label. I know that's a type of bird, and that's where I think it was. it has was, a red breast. Yeah, yeah. named after Let's see. I don't know if it says anything about here on the. Nah, it just talks about the taste and all that. Yeah. But I, uh, I think we should go ahead and give this uh, twelve-year a taste. Yeah, I think it's about that time. All right, folks, pour yourself a glass of the Redbreast twelve-year single pot Irish, single pot still Irish whiskey, and we will uh, go ahead and do it the tasting. All right, everyone, we've got a glass of the Redbreast twelve-year poured, so we're going to do the tasting. As always, we're going to start with the nose. Yeah. Very light. Oh yeah. Um, kind agree. of a little bit cornbready or bready to me. Um, like a yep. bready and malty. Um, some like raisin or grape notes in there for me. Yeah, I get those like dark fruit, dry fruit notes. Yeah, as well. Yeah, but it's very. I, I do agree. I think it is a very light nose. Like it's. Oh, not, yeah. It's very warm and inviting, but there's not a ton. It's not super complex, but it's yeah. got a little bit to it. So I, I, I'm. Big, I like it a lot, actually. A little bit more complex than Jameson, oh, I yeah. think for me. Unless oh, you certainly. get in like the special releases from them. Certainly. All right, let's give it a taste. Cheers, sir. Cheers. I, I really like get a, I really get a lot of the maltiness that you mentioned in yeah. the the nose. Yeah. It it definitely tastes like a pot still whiskey. Oh yeah, for sure. What are that, some other notes that you're picking um, up there in the palate? I get a lot of that raisin coming through, kind of like a raisin bread. Yes. Uh, or a malty note. Yeah, it's like some fruity yeah. like fruit mixed with spice, really. Yeah, kind really of some well. dried fruits in there, maybe yeah. some spices. Um like dried still, apricot or something like that. Getting a lot of the maltiness. Still pretty light, though, I think. Oh, yeah. Especially for a pot still whiskey. Yeah. Yeah, definitely not like a uh, some um, scotches. A little bit lighter in those notes than some scotches that I yes. get the same notes off oh, of. Oh, yeah. But like some, definitely a heck of a lot lighter than a lot of pot stilled American whiskeys. Yeah. I would say medium, long finish. Yeah. Very, very... very um, a lot of that coppery maltiness in, in the finish as well with with still that, that, that fruit and spice, I think. That's really the, the maltiness and the fruit and spice across the, the spectrum there, across the nose, palate, and finish. That's really what I'm getting most of. Yeah, same here. I really like it. I really like oh, it. Oh, yeah, no, me too. We'll, have to I, do the, we'll do the 15-year one day. We'll do the maybe the 27-year one yeah, day. When we can afford it, yeah. yeah <laughs> so I'm excited about it. But, yeah, definitely a great, a great product. If you're looking for an Irish whiskey, I mean, it's not cheap. By any stretch of the imagination, I want to say the twelve year was sixty five bucks, but it's worth the price. But it is I'd worth, say it is worth yeah. the price. And when you, I mean, obviously it's much more expensive than Jameson, but it's just not even they're not even in the same ball. They're not operating the same league. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 
Oh, I agree. All right, folks, that's it from us this week. Make sure you go over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, really wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe, leave a review, listen to every episode of Distilled Discussion, share it on your social media pages, uh, give us a five-star review, tell your friends. We really appreciate your, you know, all your support in any uh, way, shape, or form. Uh, make sure you have a great week. Pour yourself another whiskey, and don't worry, America, we'll be here to drink with you next week. <laughs>